fucking tosser. <laughs> Would that be the salad variety? Yeah. <laughs> what type of tossing are we doing this you evening? Fucking wanker. I want some ranch with mine. <laughs> Welcome to Motorcycles wow. Endless. Coming to you live from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Toot toot. Hey everyone, how are you? Boy, it's, it's as we like to say, it's fucking freezing here, man. Well, no, that's a relative term. I think it's down to like 52. Our, mid, our listeners in the Midwest Ooh. are laughing at you now. Liza. Yeah, but... We have people here who are experiencing it for themselves. Yeah, I, I, they, I, even I thought it was kind of cold. They know. In fact, we had quite a few cold people yesterday, but I'll get that to get to that in a second. First, let's start with who is here, and I'm going to change it up. First, I'm going to start with everybody's favorite ginger. It's bagel. One, two, three. Get loose now. <laughs> are you, are you referring? Are you referring to your bowels? Are you referring to your bowels, bagel? Uh, only, you, only two uh, for those of you who need it. Have you Have you been at the Lamb Vindaloo again, darling? No, no, no. I have not been going out. Okay. And uh, I'm going to say the one with the the misfit with the best smile. It's Naked Jim. Hey, what's happening? Glad to be here. I'm actually just checking out these Stark electric motorcycles too. Ooh. 80 horsepower. Yeah. What? Yeah, was, one one to 100 different modes you can put. Did they in. name them after you? Wow. I, I well, know, we got to keep that a secret. Yeah. See, running the board tonight. It's Stumpy John. Hey everybody, ain't no party like a Stumpy party cuz the Stumpy party don't Oh, come on, everybody. Seriously? Don't, don't stump. No. Don't stump. Don't leave you hanging, huh? Don't, don't leave you that hanging. That was horrible. Y'all, you guys are, you're fired, all of you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And uh, wearing a merkin on her head. It's Miss Emma. <laughs> Hello, darling. This is not a merkin. It is a finest quality Russianette. In it, I... Isn't it? Uh, yeah, he's in it, eh? Gold, it's a gold blimey hat. <laughs> it's definitely a gold blimey hat. But it, I tell you what, it it keeps the old gourd warm, which mm. is extremely important oh. in this weather. It looks very sophisticated. Yes. You are, do you know how much of your body heat you lose to the top of your head? Quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. Especially so, if it's bald. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything yep. about that. No, you wouldn't know yeah. anything about yeah. that. Yeah. we got to say how completely gorgeous Miss Emma looks today. Freaking amazing. <laughs> really bad sound for, for ASMR, just so you know. <laughs> that, was some, that was some tossing going on there. And rubbing one out. <laughs> Joining wow. Emma on the classy girl couch, it's Brad. Hey, hey, hey. Not just Give hey, Gabba hey. Or Gabba. Alfalfa. Yes, they Br- are. Brad from up north. In the Great White North, apparently it's yeah. uh, Vancouver, Washington. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and we we had a very brief talk about Vancouver, BC, and Vancouver, Washington are two very, very different places, oh, aren't absolutely. they? Absolutely, very go. different. The original and the best. which many people don't realize is Vancouver, Washington. That hmm. that other one, I don't know. That other one that came second. The one before Christ. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think it's before cornflakes, darling. BC stands for before, before cornholio. 
Cornholio <laughs> in this case. For my bungholio. Definitely. Uh, this is just coming off the ground. And I, I, I got to say, it's good to see Bagel again, because the first time I met him was at uh, the... the, the uh, Spanker's por- Convention. No, the no, Sobbing no, Scooterist. The at the debut the of the Sobbing Scooterist over at the oh, uh, Motorcycle awesome. Film Festival. Oh, sweet. Right that was, oh. so, and, and Bagel turned me on to you guys group of misfits hey. oh, oh, he turned you on huh well, well, he, did, he, he turned all of us on <laughs> and then also from the great up north yeah it's eric yep eric uh from seattle i came down here uh this monday here and ran through a rainstorm and had a hold up along the oregon coast and, and you guys did not come together or know each other previous no, to this I met true. Him today that's true yeah wow. small isn't world that funny isn't that funny well, I wanted to get real quick. It's to getting it. cold up there, so we all decided to come south. The I know. Oh, yeah. we, we get the snowbirds. About exactly. Yeah, you brought yes. the bloody cold with you, the pair of you. You're welcome. I shall oh, never you, forgive you. Don't, you don't have the worst of it. It's, it's our personalities. I wanted to get right now. to our ride report oh, that's for cold. yesterday. Yeah, ride report. Oh. We had a great report. John, I need to go grab something from my office. Can you start the report? Sure, sure, sure. sure. So, uh, yeah, we had a group of us join up, 10 motorcycles yesterday, including Eric, which was awesome. And we did a uh, we did a two hundred mile loop through uh, down through over the Santa Cruz Mountains through Watsonville and then into uh, into Gonzales and over across Gloria Road and yeah so Eric what do you think you, you oh. got a chance to see our our area that Carmel Valley is amazing I mean I was born here but to actually be on a bike into these yeah. hills around right. here is a whole different experience you know there are some hidden gems right here that often people you know don't know about carmel valley road yeah. is one of them when you get way out in the sticks mm-hmm. um river road is another <clears throat> one um metz road mm-hmm. out there in solidad all There's these a, places she just mentioned are not so hidden anymore right <laughs> well they need to be discovered because it's fabulous riding road and in a lot of cases you're the only person on the road mm-hmm. which makes it extra special so yeah anyway was, yeah it was great and, yeah. and gloria was interesting wasn't it because it was it's it's usually just a graded dirt road, but it was uh, pretty washed out from some of the rain. I think it made it more technical and a lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And then I always love your philosophy with the whole live to ride and ride to eat. There we yeah. go. Love that. How are them love tacos, that. huh? Oh, yeah, I tacos believe that was were pie? amazing. And the oh, apple yeah. pie. <laughs> Dutch it. apple pie I had, a la mode. Oh, oh dude. wow. Was that the crumbly top one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Dude, yes. Yeah, that is tasty. Nice. That yeah. was my nickname in high school. Crumb- you know, crumbly apple top. pie. <laughs> she that was crumbly bottom apple pie. <laughs> no, wow, no, Alamo, darling. <laughs> so I wanted to comment. One of my favorite things uh, about the ride is it, it is getting colder now. It's bloody and as, freezing. I know. Understatement. <laughs> and as the seasons change, your gear needs to change. So I actually made the decision not to ride the uh, Enduro, right. which I did put heated grips on this week because it was so cold last week. Um, I decided to take the Africa Twin because it's just warmer and I got the heated seat and all the things, which makes a world of difference. And some of these poor mooks, they were riding like just KLRs and no nothing, no heated nothing. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> yeah, Carla, Kevin. Uh, but then so a lot of the other bikes, um, just people weren't really prepared for how cold it can be. And right. I was not doing a lot of f- freeway. We are just doing back roads, stuff like that. But poor Carla had very thin gloves. Oh, God. 
Um, Kevin just had jeans on. Right. Yeah. That's you miserable. Know? I know, right? And I was really, I was really happy. Um, riding motorcycles, we all ride for the same reason. It makes, it, it, mental health, it just makes us happy. And we've been having a lot of great rides lately. But for me, it was even elevated by the fact, and I think we've talked about this before, when you dial in your gear so you have that bubble, mm-hmm. you're not too cold, you're not too hot. But you feel like an astronaut in space, right? You're protected. Right. And on these crisp, clear days, everything was like beautiful. It was like Polaroid. It was like, I I don't know how to describe it. That's quite existential for you. Well, oh, I mean, Carmel Valley Road. I mean, everything was just beautiful and amazing. And then every now and then I get a little cold and I just turn on that heated (laughs) set. Yeah, that's... Corbin seat seat, and that would just bring me right back. Can I give a Misfits top tip just for the boys? Just the tip. (laughs) Because the girls know about this already. One of the warmest things you can wear before you put any of your gear on is a pair of nylon pantyhose. It's the warmest thing. And you start with that. And then you put them on, and then you, yeah, there you go, Jim. And you put them on, you can put whatever you want. You can put your socks on, you can put long johns over the top of that and your jeans, and I guarantee you'll be 10 degrees warmer. And you, you can put your boots failure. on so much easier. Well, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's that extra layer. I mean, the key to really, and even top quality gear works on the same principle. There's lots of layers, mm-hmm. you know, that's how thin it works. So by adding a thin layer it really helps you know our friend kevin if he'd have had that extra layer he wouldn't have been half as miserable would yeah he? and for me i wore my um puffy coat underneath right which those are layer really up. great layer up a great added layer for just you know keeping your core warm um and so yeah i really enjoyed that i'll even say the pinch a garbage bag is bomb you know, oh, yeah. I've done the garbage bag back home. Dude, that will save your ass. I tell you what, I've in the done. chest there. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally yeah. Just, yeah, I've done a garbage bag with newspapers. Oh yeah, a garbage right. bag. Brilliant. Right, <clears throat> layer up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. You know, you just when get, you're cold, it blows. You, you, what you look well, like. Well, that yeah. leading edge. You know, the yeah. whole of your chest, yep. your arms, yep. legs, knees, anywhere that's facing forward on a bike. You know, the wind chill on it. Mm-hmm. You see the the charts, and the wind chill is crazy on a motorcycle. So, you know, you've really got to think about that. So you that. didn't talk about the the friend you met yesterday. Oh, did you meet your a new friend? friend? Your friend. little animal friend. Which animal friend? The cow. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, the cow. This is pretty funny. I was, <laughs> we're on Carmel Valley Road, and once you get way back, you're actually in, like, pastures. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, there was a cow that had gotten out and was on the road. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm leading the group. I'm coming up on the cow. You see the cow. They're unpredictable. Jim will tell you all about this. You don't oh, know yeah. what they're going to do. So I kind of slowly came up and I stopped. And it just stood there in the middle of the road staring at me. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, maybe I'm going to try and go around it. So I started to go and it started to run. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So now it's just running right in front of me. Like we're, we're in formation. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and pass it now. I speed up and it starts to gallop. <laughs> Get out. It didn't start pooping, did it? it Don't do that on you, man. They but do. It, but it wasn't fully getting over to the side. It's kind of swerving yeah. a little bit from the side to the middle. I've had turkeys do that for miles. Follow a turkey. Anyway. Yeah, and it's just running. I'm like, I didn't know if it wanted to get away from us or if it wanted to come with us. You know I was, think it wanted to be with you. It, it wanted, to, it wanted you. to come with us. Part of the ride. And it was just, this cow was moving. Spirit animal. It, it was, was born moving. to be wild. That's true. Your spirit animal's a cow. That's pretty cool. 
It was it was pretty fun. So uh, yeah, Cows I finally I finally got a little bit faster and it got over and everyone was able to pass. But we saw peacock, we saw vultures, awesome, a lot of animals out. A uh, great ride. But um, one of the things too, Jim, I was commenting. I really enjoying that all the the exploring that you and I did to yeah. find all these places oh, like to the food eat stops and all, and that, yeah. all these roads and little great <clears throat> places mm-hmm. and being able to put it all together into a ride to take people yeah. on. I'm really like enjoying sharing these things that used my, to just be you and me. Exploring. Yeah, I know. You, my yeah, only true. complaint is that you are now increasingly doing these adventure bike rides. Yes. Which of course are street bikers are excluded from. Yes, hmm. that is true. Nice a complaint. <laughs> Register. Duly noted. Yeah, du- yeah duly noted <clears throat> and filed. And I, yeah, I demand you put it before the correct authorities. Mm-hmm. You know, just to, to divert, deflect, um, <laughs> another cool thing about Carmel Valley Road I like is when you get to the end of it, meaning that I guess the eastern end, what is that, 101 or whatever it connects to way out there, that's where the San Andreas Fault goes. So right. there's really cool geography, like, what, what do they call it? Geology. geology. Yeah. The, yeah the, like, well, there's like a Y. And you can kind of take the left way and end up in Greenfield, mm-hmm. or you can take the, the right-hand way and it takes you all the way to King City. Mm-hmm. And it's right at the very, very end. Yeah. But that valley it's, with that steel yeah. trellis bridge in it, it's wild. It is so cool. It's yeah. like a mini Grand Canyon. It is kind of, yeah. It's, it's yeah. like a shrunken Beautiful Grand Canyon. Up. I actually saw that yesterday yeah. when we were going through it. There I'm you like, go. This is like That's a micro uh, Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah. San Andreas Fault. That ridge there, and, yeah. yeah. And that is the San Andreas Fault. Where okay. is this? It's the real deal. So, well, and and the fact too, John, that we have even more places to go and take people mm-hmm. and, uh, well, the, and have the, some great rides. And having food is always a great. It's a good like motivator to go somewhere. But it's these like, are all places I discovered with you when true. we went out. So, yeah, so I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get to a game real quick. Hmm. You guys may have noticed this stack of of gifts. Christmas presents in the middle of the room. Well, the big sign that says no touchy. No touchy. Exactly. <laughs> um, I want to do a game so you guys can earn your gifts. Oh, I never do well at these. Yeah. So uh, here's. Funny, that's what my parents used to do. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. So here's how it's going to work. Um, I've got. Um, Let's see, how are we going to... So this game... Okay, we're, okay, I'm making this up. I happen to look up how many record album covers have motorcycles or scooters on them. Ooh. It's really simple. Wow. So I am going to give each of you a card that has an album cover. Yes. Okay? And I need you to keep it down. Don't look at it. And one at a time, we're going to go around, and when it's your turn... You are going to try and get the other people in the room to guess the artist or band that is on this. You cannot say the album name. You cannot say the artist or the band name. And you cannot say the lead singer's name. It's Father Abraham Christmas in Smurfing Land. All right. <laughs> and, and extra point if they can name the album that has a motorcycle on it. Oy. So. Um, Do I need to sit this one out? No, Bagel. You can guess. Oh. Okay. Yeah, you're a guesser too. Um, And so whoever guesses then gets an opportunity to pick a present. Oh, goodo. I like this game. I'm wondering, did you cheat and look at the stack of cards that was on my desk when you were at my table? Oh, no, I never cheat. Okay. I'm honest, Emma. 
right. So um, I'm going to start with John. <laughs> like a- oh, and did I mention you have 15 seconds to give the clues? <clears throat> John, this is your album. You remember the rules. You cannot say the lead singer, the band, the album. Album. Uh, right? Say the motorcycle. Sure, you can say anything. So I'm going to say go. You have 15 seconds, and they got to try and guess. Are you ready? Yes. And go. <clears throat> Purple. Oh, Purple Prince. Rain. Prince. Prince. Stop. And it's a CM400. What's, what's the name of the album? Purple, Purple Rain. You cannot use that word. It is in the name of the album. You are disqualified. Oh. You cannot use the album name. That wasn't oh. the album name. Purple I just Rain. said Purple. Which is in the album name. Okay, so name. John said purple, and that's what the issue yes. was. Okay. But I know what the bike is. It's CM400, a CM, we all know. CM400 so automatic. I put an easy one first so you guys can get uh, it. You cannot use would know, the album name. Yeah, I know. Right, that's what we all were saying. Well, I hope we get okay. the principal. And yeah. now <laughs> I'm actually going to lift the time limit. First one to guess. Look, Quadrophenia. First one to guess the artist, and I am going to give... I can see. Yep. This one to Emma. Oh. Okay. So we need to guess the artist. Guess the I'm artist. Disqualified. I can't. I can't. Participate. No, you can guess. Oh, oh uh, hairband. Motley Crue. Motley, yeah. Great. Yes. Yeah. Great white. Uh, oh, no. you got to get you the album. It. No, you okay. got no you've got to get the album. No, you don't have to get. You got the. the you got the. <laughs> you got it. It's wow. Motley Crue. Nailed it. And the album is, I think, Girls, Girls, Girls. Was yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. think you're right. And yeah. it looks like. And now you can show everyone the picture. Yeah. There you go. Nicely yeah. done. Wow. So Good game, Liza. You get to well done. pick a present from the stack and set it in front of you. You do <clears throat> not open it. I picked and a you good don't, day to come down to the if shop. If you touch it, you're taking it. All right. Just so you know. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give one. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> let, me, let, me, let me get over here and hand these out. Okay. <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, you guys. Go. Alvin and the Chipmunks. You got fifteen seconds. Oh gosh. Uh, you can name a song. You can I, name. Yeah, I don't. I I'm. I don't know how to describe and this individual. What, what uh, um, are we? Are we guessing the artist here? Artist what, or um? Uh, what's the genre? Little Tim. Is pop? Is it pop? Bo- top forty. Um. I recognize that dance. Is there a motorcycle on the cover? There is a. Can I? There's a scooter on it. I can say that, right? Yeah, there's a scooter on the album. Is it Bo Diddley? No. Fine Young Cannibals? Specials. The specials. First. Starts with an R. Replacements. I can't do that. Ah. Can I help him? Um, no, can I help you guys? Icky. Yeah. Icky. You can't do that either. Oh. <laughs> Iggy Pop? La Vida Loca. Living La, La Vida, Vida Loca. Ricky, Ricky Martin. Martin. Ricky Martin. Yeah. There you go. I wouldn't wow. know how the fuck to do that. I think Bagel actually got that one. Did right. I, I wasn't Yeah. Like, Prize for you, Bagel. Uh, bagel oh, yeah. Thank um, you. Um, oh, God. That is the most feeble album cover imaginable. Look at him. He he looks. He's actually proud somebody, of sitting on that thing. Somebody picked the littlest <laughs> present for me. Right. Uh, that's a Honda Metropolitan, I think. Oh, that's just grim. Okay, now 
because... Uh, so Bagel wants us to pick him up. That's living... Emma, Emma, scooters or motorcycles, too. And now, because That's this living is my game, I get Vida to change feeble. the <laughs> <laughs> uh, So this is a work in progress. I didn't have this game fully ready. It was supposed to be for another yes. episode. But, so now the rule is you have to get people to guess yours to get a prize. Oh. So you would have failed and we would have yeah, moved on. Miserably. Okay. But I, w- I already owe a prize. What? I'm owed a prize because he got mine within a second. Well, we're coming around again. Don't well, worry about okay. it. No. I just changed the rules. All right. So who has one now? <laughs> uh, so, all right. Since he already has a prize, um, whoever guesses this gets it. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Go. So this was a uh, pop artist in the 50s, uh, 40s, 50s. Uh, died of a drug overdose. Um Went drafted in the army. Elvis Elvis. Presley. Yep. Absolutely. There you go. Right on. All right. You get to pick a present. What motorcycle's on there? A sportster. He's a sportster, I think. Uh, I don't know. What is that? What is that? I'll I'll take the real long one up on top. Return of the Rocker. No, I think that's his sportster. He bought it brand new. Jim, you're up. All right. Uh, All right. So I'll go. Mine's rock and roll. From my own 70s, 80s, and I'm a guy who has a name that's a food I like to eat. Meatloaf. <laughs> All right. Oh, so that was an easy <laughs> Yeah, I was waiting for that one. Yeah. All right. So, Jim, you get to pick a prize. All right. Cool. Uh, once you Better touch it, you it's yours. Oh, that's the murky. That one looks right. like the Ram mount I donated a little while ago. <laughs> John, you have another one? So, if you, let's see. If, if you can get them to guess it, you get a prize. Female artist, uh, stars born. Barbara Streisand. Oh, yes. nope. I was just gonna say that. Nope. Madonna. Uh, oh, uh, nope. It's uh, it's, what is she? Uh, Little Monsters. Yeah. Super freaks. No. Oh, um, um, oh yeah. What multi-talented. No, that's yeah. what she calls her fans. Multi-talented. Sang at, sang at the inauguration of Joe Biden. Katy Perry. Uh, Where's the Lady Gaga? Meat. Yes. Yes. Lady Gaga. Yep. Lady Gaga. Thank you. Good Ah, lord. I couldn't think of her name. Gaga. Gaga. Lady Gaga. Gaga. (laughs) Uh That's bitching. Three to choose from. Oh, what's she? What's she sitting on? Which one do you want, John? Is that her? Is her head a headlight? Oh yes. She's all. She's all motorcycle. Middle one. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. And let's see. Who hasn't? You need a prize. I need. I need a prize. Go for it. Bagel. Yes. Roger. Daltrey. Quadrophenia. Who? Yeah. Hi, kids. I know who you are. You know who I am. Do you know how that band got got their name? So they're all sitting around, and they're trying to come up with names like, "Um, I think we should call ourselves Morris Oxford in the shooting breaks. And they'd go, (laughs) who? (laughs) Bloody who? And it stuck. And that's how they got their name. What is a shooting break? It's It's a station wagon. Oh. Um, I I have a, I want a prize. Like? I want the big one. <laughs> I want the big one. That's the story of my life. That was my right. middle name in high school. Um, you know, I want the big one. That one is bagels. <laughs> so let's finish this out. And then you can <laughs> the big one, Alamode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right, your turn, Brad. Go for it. Take another little piece of my heart now, baby. Uh, Janice Joplin. <laughs> Dude, that was epic. There you go. Yes. Nice. Well Nicely done. sung as well. Look. In key, yeah, too. I actually now. thought she was in the room for a moment there. Yeah, it was like she was there. <laughs> All right, Brad. 
You're up. No, I'm Eric. I mean, sorry, Eric. Sorry. <laughs> That's Eric. So, uh, most people would say this guy was the uh, start of rock and roll, uh, saying uh, the man's world, or it's a man's world. Jim, Jim, uh, James Brown. James Brown, yeah. Yep. Oh, oh Bagel. Nice. Very oh, good. James Brown's badass. What is what's his what, what motorcycle? I almost said Jim Jones. What, what motorcycle? It looks like a Harley. Uh, I thought that Freedom. could be the second game, is we have to oh, that is, Emma has to identify that is the bikes. bitch chopper. album cover. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen that yeah, before. I, never saw I don't, that Emma, what is it? I just love the whole album art. It's awesome. James Brown was a bad dude too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, actually, it's nothing special. It's a uh, it's a AMF Sportster. Oh, but I tell you what, it's a good looking album cover. It really is. Make it funky, part one and two. I'm guessing this is probably a compilation yeah. album from like the 70s, because mm-hmm. that's like a mid 70s Sportster. Mm. All right, nice, Jim. Nice bike. I yeah. think it's Harley. One instead more. of saying potato, 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 it said, hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Step back. All right, Jim. Let's right. finish strong. All right, strong with a 60s icon, rock and roll guru who happens to be wearing, we'll test your knowledge, uh, underneath his very colorful, almost paisley shirt is a Triumph motorcycle shirt. And as he sits with his head cocked looking at the camera. This, is it this, Dylan? Is it Joe Cocker? This poet, what'd you say? Dylan. Neil Bob Young. Dylan. Yeah. So Bob Dylan, Highway oh. uh, 61 Revisited. Yep. He has a Triumph motorcycle shirt on. I never, and I've seen this album yeah, a million right. times. Oh, Which wow. was ironic because that's what he crashed on. Robert mm. Zimmerman. Robert Zimmerman, yes. All right. Well, like a and I have an, a, a, a Did stat- you get one? No. Well, don't you get to do one? No, I give away things. Okay. So um, I have a stack. <laughs> we can play that again, but I thought it'd just be fun to play the album <laughs> cover game. Um, but now you guys get to open your presents and say what you got in it. Oh Emma, why don't you start with yours? Okay. Oh, wait. Actually, no. Uh, John, why don't you start with yours? Is this like a white elephant thing? Are we wrestling yeah, Are we for stealing him? from each other? Emma, or no? Emma, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> I will <laughs> fight you. For and your gift. And Bagel, there's one here <laughs> that I will be sending you. Now, okay. rem- I won't fight Brad or Eric because they will whoop my ass. <laughs> I, I will fight you, but remember, I've got my heels on, so I have two additional weapons. Gosh, yeah, and Jim, and, and look, I want to see, I, I want to see Emma open her big box. <laughs> I'm, I'm all excited about that. And, and by the way, happy holidays, everyone. Happy yeah. holidays, for <laughs> sure. Merry Christmas. And a better 2022. Open the box hope. too, John. Oh, I do. Oh yeah. What is it? All right. So say which <laughs> you got to open. Yes. Yeah, okay. Got. So wait. I have a. I think that's. So this is a. Hopefully. Rev Sisters. Is that mm-hmm. a, Rev Sisters oh. decal. Sorry. A, a decal to we our Canadian friends. It actually slows down your motorcycle, motorcycle helmet keychain. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that a Harley one? Nice. No, it's a. Oh. Uh, I don't know what it it's is. It's from Bang Good. <laughs> it's Big Bang. <laughs> I must have bad breath. This is a Ricola. Ricola. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my favorite part of that whole advert is when he blows oh, the trombone. His and my comes favorite, up. the Motorcycles and Misfits cup, which Mook. I do not have Very with nice. Motorcycle on the backside with oh. the fabulous oh. Miss I Emma. have coffee cup envy. Yes. Very nice. Can I, may, let me just That's check awesome. the color registration on that picture. Yeah, that is a good likeness of me. I actually mm. I actually look more glamorous in the picture than I do in real right. life. This is a nice I thing. Know. This I will, I will look at that. Right, Eric? Think Ooh. of Miss Emma when Whoa. I have coffee in the morning. That? All right. Mm-hmm. Sexy. Let's see yeah, what I got sure, here. Very sexy, Miss Money Penny. <laughs> 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 
Oh, what's he got? Is this cat food? <laughs> oh, lucky mm. you. I want cat food. I hope you have a cat. I want cat food. <laughs> it is cat food. <laughs> Good thing you have room on your bike. So, how to I nourish? Think I could fit in there. Oh, wait. Is Let's this see, how to nourish a your cozy, pussy? A cozy. It's your cozy. Cow <laughs> trailing champ. Oh, on any Sunday. Oh, very hey, cool. Hey, nice. It's a cozy. Oh. What's cow bandana? Mm. That's a buff. Oh, it's a oh, muff. It's buff. Yeah. It's a merkin. Mm. <laughs> it's a merkin. Merkin. Another buff. Yes. Oh, a side stand. Uh, foot. Oh, law tanks. I keep losing these things. Right. Oh, I see. <laughs> losing so these things. I need them for the is? way back. Uh, they are earplugs from the uh, Moto Pro uh, earpieces. These are earpiece. great. I, I've had yeah. these before. Actually, this brand. Yeah, and I those earpieces. They sent us a bunch, and so we want to make are sure great. people I, who need them get hopefully them. Hopefully, I can good. hold on to these longer than Ooh. I have. Before. They come with a storage canister too. There you go for, for drugs. Oh. <laughs> no, I was going to get some swag here, and here hey. I got some swag. Motorcycles and misfit sticker. Hey, hey. Oh, and do you know what that is? A sealmate. Actually, I could have used this Ooh. about six months ago because yeah, I just really blew great. through some I ports. See, I see Emma glaring at that sealmate. She hates uh, the sealmate. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't hate right. the sealmate. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Uh, Jim. Ah, okay. And I just want to say, you picked the right box. I knew it was the one. I kind it was of, just the closest I one. I kind of predicted what boxes people might Really? I bet you I did. You knew I, I was going to go effort. for the big oh, box. Oh, yes, absolutely. This, you wrapped all these? <laughs> yeah. No oh. small effort. I, I, that is all for you. I go back to what I say. Oh. Liza puts far more effort into this show than people realize. Oh, absolutely. Mine, this might be in the original wrapping. It's not a cat food box. Oh, not that wrapping. What is that? Oh, my goodness. Mm. It's a, uh, a modern mixology cocktail shaker set. Oh, perfect. Hey, hey. Awesome. Nice. Thank you very much. Nice. Liza, that is nice. awesome. I will put that to good use. That is a high dollar gift. Got, you, you know what the th- name of the thing is that's in there? The It's got a three-piece cobbler shaker and is the perfect tool for what? at-home mixology. It's for what? Shaking your cobblers? Your cobblers. Right? You got a little cobbler <laughs> shaking coming up tonight. All right. Yeah, shake your cobblers. All right, Brad. Ah, okay. All right. Undo the twist at the end. And Bagel, you're going to have to wait to find out what's in yours. Okay. You're not going to unwrap it Oh, it's cat food. More <laughs> cat food. Uh, come down to California, get some Coke. <laughs> it's Diet Coke. Oh, okay. Yeah, she loved him, though. He was cokey. Oh, it just keeps going and going and going. Oh, it's all the way at the end. I'll rip and tear <laughs> like it's Christmas. Oh, is there... Okay. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, you got it. I'm you so excited. Oh, Your mug envy oh, is so over. Oh, yes. Nice. Oh, yes. You got the motosexual There mug. should be some extra nice. things in there as Oh, well. okay. <laughs> I'll keep. Oh, there is. <gasps> the condom? All right. There's, there's a sticker. Uh, I can't tell what that is. Oh, yeah. That is Arlette's my... sticker. But, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Arla has a sticker? Yeah, she does. <laughs> there is a... Let me see, Emma. A sanitizing wipe. <laughs> it's exactly what you need for those. A sanitizing wipe. <laughs> what is that? Martin on the road. Intimate moments in the bathroom. <laughs> was there anything else in the box? You, you want to see my sanitizing wipe? <laughs> Just make sure there wasn't anything else. Um, there is some... Nope, okay. Paper. Packing material. All right, so Emma... 
you're up. Oh, I'm excited now. You the got big, the, you the got big the box. Big blue. Oh, oh, there, there was, there was oh, another sticker. There you go. Yes, that is going on one of my motorcycles, front and center. Nice. Absolutely. Thank you, Liza. Yeah, no problem. I'll stoke you guys so out with another sticker is, while we're waiting. I did not know you guys were staying today. Of I course. had all these wrap- So every time I'd invite someone else to stay, I'd have to run in and make another present. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Oh, Emma, what you got in that big box full of recycling? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Oh, oh, those are very fitting. Somebody left their sunglasses here. So I think I'm like, are those mine? <laughs> they might be yours. They probably are. <laughs> Wait, those aren't Ray-Bans, are they? <laughs> I think I don't, they I, are. Things that were left. Oh, also you get the gift of giving, Emma. Because I forgot to put those uh, those on any Sunday koozies and other people's gifts, so you get to give them away. So I threw them all in one box. So what I've got... Mm-hmm. Is I've got some on any Sunday gauzes. You got you got a gauzy for your mug, and I will um, give these to my friends right now. I also have a mug with my image on it. Is there anything <laughs> in the mug? Lovely. I'm going to check in a minute. It's one million dollars. Oh, that suspense is killing me. I hope I put something in this one. <laughs> I don't remember. Is there anything in it? Oh, what's in there, Emma? Okay, we have Motorcycles and Misfits sticker, which mm-hmm. is guaranteed to add a couple of horsepower. First ride sticker, mm-hmm. Clay. Also, a United <laughs> Clean Plus sanitizing wipe <laughs> for those. I may, I may have cleaned out my drawer. <laughs> <laughs> Intimate moments in the bathroom. There is a button of the South Jersey <laughs> Motorcycle Film Festival with... Rev sisters, and for my Harley Davidson, yeah, Chrome School valve caps <laughs> with <Holy> red <laughs> eyes. Perfect. <laughs> Give and, me your clothes, your and, boots, and your motorcycle. So, um, <laughs> but the the big prize, yes. So there are these sunglasses. Now, do you remember the film? Good guys with Ray Liotta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I put these sunglasses on, I would look like Ray Liotta's mum. <laughs> <laughs> Those might actually be Jim's glasses. <laughs> oh my God, you look scary all of a sudden. Like the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> are they yours, Jim? They were I, on my kitchen table. If, are they, if they're really dark, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I lose sunglasses, sunglasses here generally again, are. <laughs> again, well, you know what I mean. Emma, yeah. I've given you the gift of giving. Who didn't get a koozie? Who wants one? They all have something different written on them. <laughs> uh, I got me. these from uh, the On Any Sunday movie premiere. You want one, Brad? I'll be back. Sure. Emma, <laughs> you got to pick one out for him. There's some okay, great sayings so, there. Okay, let's go. Who, want, who wants the first koozie? You got to read what it says. It says on the one side, um, the rougher, the better. Very appropriate. <laughs> Sword off his cast. Yeah. <laughs> Cow trailing chump. I kind of like the rougher, the better. There you I go. think yeah. it's very appropriate <laughs> in this case. Anybody else like it? Goosey. No, I'm good. All Thanks. right. Okay, so I have two curses for myself. And um, do you think these are your sunglasses, Jim? Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's okay. No, they look better they on really you than they were. Ones. They were the ones I did anyway. But they make me look like Ray Liotta's gas, mom. Gas station specials. I think <laughs> if they are. I don't even remember. Um, Emma. 
Yes, darling. So I don't. Do you remember? Um, we had a, a, an email come in. I think it was an email um, with a really cool bike that was coming up for auction that I had never heard of. You know, before. Hey, yeah, Liza, I I'm wanted. Gonna, to, I back. wanted to talk All to right. you. Okay, I'm going to take thanks off. Thanks for joining us, hey, Yeah, thanks for the gift. That's awesome. Everybody have a great mm-hmm. holiday. Good seeing you guys. Good seeing and you. We'll see you next time. Adios. See you later. Right. Mm-hmm. Nice meeting you again. So, I need to find my phone because I want to go back to this link that you sent me. Did you get, and you got your notes? Yeah. Yeah, I got my notes. So, um, Liza sent me a link earlier in the week because, you know, she's always on the lookout for um, uh, Emma's history whole subjects. And she sent me this link of a really unusual bike, which I remember hearing of from years, years back in the day. Um, And I thought, hang on, this would make a great subject for a history hole. Um, But I'm not just going to do this bike. So the bike in question is a 1982 BFG, not a big friendly giant. Um, and BFG in this in this case stands for Bacardo, Favario, and Grangi. And there were f- three French professors at the College of Chambéry. Um, and basically, they built what they envisioned as a top-line French touring motorcycle. And I just want to say to Bagel or anyone listening, if you want to see what this looks like, just type in Citroen motorcycle. Right, because it's basically a Citroen mm. engine. So it kind of tickled my taste buds because I remember over the years, there's been quite a few motorcycles with car engines fitted in them. And I wanted to say, I'm somebody who has had a Citroen. My dad had a right, Citroen. Right, right. I love Citroens. I love motorcycles. Oui. I did not know there was a Citroen motorcycle. Oh, I did. I'm ashamed. Oh, I don't think this was the first one either. So, really? <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to do like a mini history hole. Remember, all I'm doing is wetting your appetite. This is neither a complete list or, you know, or even um, an extensively researched list, but I just thought I'd pick out four or five car engine motorcycles and we're not talking about specials although i have included one special on the list because i think it needs a special mention but these were actually production motorcycles and you'll see from the list car engine motorbikes fall into two categories and they're very very distinct categories the first category is people looking for power and the second category is just nationalism blatant nationalism and if you're going to build a car engine bike it's going to be in one of these two camps so (coughs) let's deal with because we started off with the bfg the bfg was simply built by these three professors who were upset that all the French touring riders were riding around on BMWs, on motorcycles. Right. There wasn't a French motorcycle to compete. And yet, here we are. They had a perfect engine with a Citroen GS, which was basically a flat forward, very similar engine layout to a Subaru, but of course air-cooled. And so what they did was they 
built a motorcycle around this fl- air-cooled flat four engine, or not really air-cooled, it's fan-cooled actually, um, with pretty groovy bodywork, which is exactly how I would expect a French motorcycle from the mid-80s to look. Didn't sell a great many of them, um, which isn't unsurprising really, although it actually wasn't a bad bike. Um, bit on the porky side, which is really this is the nub of why we don't see more motorcycles with car engines cars are very very different animals to bikes and this is why i i really believe that you're seeing far more electric cars on the road than electric motorcycles right now i mean electric motorcycles are beginning to take off but a car's easier to electrify you've got far more real estate to play with and it's always been the case a car's bigger thing so you can be a lot more expansive in your engine design. You can have bigger flywheels. You can stick things outside, like alternators, water pumps, and because you've got a big engine bay to play with. Motorcycles haven't got that um, premium. You know, you're kind of stuck with what you can stick between your legs. However. That's what she said. Ha, ha, ha. So <laughs> let's deal with some of the bikes that were simply built because of national pride and i'm going to include the boss hoss with this because the boss hoss is probably the most successful of them all i mean there were 500 units built you can still buy a new one right now they started off in tennessee in 1990 so um i don't know if boss hoss is still publicly trading they'll still build you a motorcycle Mm -hmm. um so you're talking 32 years, 5,000 units built. I, I remember the first time I saw Boss Haas yes. in person. Like it, it is a big motor. It's Well, it's a small block Chevy. But it is yeah. a big motor. But it's a big small block Chevy. Yeah. So they go from like 376 to 500 cubic inch. Um, the reason why I'm cl- including it as a point of national pride, it is neither the fastest, the best handling... Certainly not the most economical, <laughs> not the most agile of motorcycles under any stretch of the imagination. It, it's like the motorcycle uh, equivalent of a, a lifted Hemi truck. Right. Exa- it is the yeah. most American <laughs> motorcycle <laughs> you can in buy. In fact, oh, I remember yeah. they came in America. like the red, white, and blue flag right. painted on it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I mean, think, oh, wait. just looking at the color scheme that you can get that boss house in. There's a model in this room somewhere of one. Find it. Right. <laughs> you know, you could get one Good with luck. the Second World War B-17 fighter color, uh, bomber colors. You could get one in the, the Stars and Stripes. You could get one with the Confederate flag on the tank. You know, it's it was a huge source and is a huge source of national pride. Not the only one. Um, we're going to come to what has been described as potentially the best, worst motorcycle in the world. And for this, we have to go down to Brazil and to a marvellous creation called the Amazonas. And the late 70s were an interesting period in Brazil. Um, Import duties were incredibly high on everything, particularly things that came from the States. Um... The socialist government, very anti-American at the time, and taxes were high, and there was a huge feeling of national pride running through um, 
um, Brazil. And there was this big push for the police to have a domestic product to use as a pursuit motorcycle. Now, what Brazil is not short of are Volkswagen cars. Very, very brief history lesson. Immediately after the Second World War, a lot of the German population, depending on their political affiliation, found themselves in Brazil um, and set up manufacturing and things that, you know, German industrialists and executives do. So it always had a very, very vibrant um, industry after the Second World War based on a lot of German products. In fact, I think long after Germany stopped producing the bug, you could buy a brand new bug in Brazil right up until... I th- can you still in Mexico, I think? Potentially. They, they, they stopped production a few years ago. Yeah, but, but it, yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. that long ago. And yeah. as far as the Volkswagen buses go, you know, even the mid-70s buses look like these crazy early 60s buses. But anyway, we're, we're going off on a tangent. So whether it was... Thousands, access to thousands of 1600cc flat four Volkswagen engines. So um, somebody came up with the bright idea of making a motorcycle with one of them. However, we're not talking about any old motorcycle here. We're talking about a 900 pound motorcycle with all of 38 horsepower. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, when you actually see a picture of an Amazonas, it looks almost like a Grom, because the wheels look tiny. But then you realize the wheels are big wheels. (laughs) It is just a giant motorcycle. Um, Supremely unsuccessful in everything it did. It sort of rolled off the line in 77 and kind of staggered on until the mid-80s. But Always extremely poor quality, always extremely poor handling, always an absolute pig to ride. So I I know this is not a fair comparison, but I'd say the closest thing is the Moto Guzzi California. Moto Guzzi California, well, it's got twice the power and a third of the weight. I said it's not fair, but it is that similar style, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's... But it isn't. It's chunky. Um... And unfortunately, very unsuccessful. So after the police tried these things and realized they were fairly unrideable, um, they went back to the Harley-Davidsons, and governments change and policies change, and the Harley-Davidsons that the Brazilian police use come back. And there are some um, Amazonas left. There was a fellow not far from here, actually, I want to say he was in Creston, which is about two hours south of here, who had one which I saw many times doing the show circuit about 20 years ago. And it's just a gruesome thing. Um, not a good-looking bike by any stretch of the imagination. Um, quite impressive, just by sheer bulk. But every inch a barge. I mean, it's, it's basically a barge with a wheel at either end of it. So there's three, if we include our French effort, of built out a national pride. Let's talk a bit, little bit about the speed merchants now. Well, before we do, um, on the, um, the the BFG, Yes. the other thing I thought was interesting, there were parts from other cars also used in it. Yeah, I mean, they extensively raided the parts bin. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, the uh, the instrument pack was from a uh, Renault Gordini, <laughs> I think, or a GTA. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the thing is, and this is as true now as it was then, motorcycle manufacturers tend to farm things out, and car manufacturers too. Um, you know, pop the hood on your Ford, and you're going to see parts from, you know, Lucas, Vallejo... A variety of different manufacturers. Most ECUs on cars are actually made by Mitsubishi. So they farm them out. And um, I think Vallejo were the French manufacturers or C.V. Marshall back in the 80s. So it was easy. Oh, I want that instrument pack. And C.V. would say, well, how many do you want? 300. Okay, very good. And then they'll calibrate them for your your thing. So it's, it's the, it saves on costs. And manufacturers do it right now. Um and this, um, and I want to give credit. It was uh, Christopher is who sent us this yes. auction for this BFG. Um, did you see what they're asking for? It? No, I didn't see the uh, the uh, buy-in. If you had to take a flying guess, and this is a very low mile and recently uh, restored, what would your guess be? Well, I can just see the price, and I have to say that looks well. We've got a that's in euro, darling. So yeah. you have to convert it. It's just under ten grand American. Yeah. Do you think it's worth it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it no. is a good looking bike though. <laughs> yeah, but it's odd. You, I mean, at Cars and Coffee, you'd have the only one. Yeah. I would say at any run you went on, you would have the only one. The only thing is, I think if you showed up on the fourth of July on Hollister Riding that, they would laugh at you. Really? I think they would. It's quite odd looking. It's at, not at Hollister Fourth of July. They'd laugh at me on my Africa twin. Well, of course they do. <laughs> but it's it is quite strange. I think it'd look better without the fairing. I think it looks a lot better than the Amazonas. Oh, it's oh, way better looking. Yeah, it for sure. <laughs> it, it resembles a K seventy five RT to me. It's yeah, yeah. it's kind of like Absolutely. it looks like a K seventy five RT that has been made out of Lego. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a Lego K seventy five RT, which in itself isn't a bad thing. Um. So anyway, so there's a, a national pride people. Let's talk about speed merchants. Um. And so what you got to remember in the mid. 60s, if you wanted power, this is long before the 750 Honda was invented, if you wanted power, your choice was really limited to all of the 650 British singles, all of which were producing either above or below 50 horsepower, depending on your point of view, or some of the more exotic bikes, if you could afford them. And we'll include the Vincent Black Shadow in this. Um, we've talked about uh, Egli Vincents in the past. And the reason that Egli chose a Vincent, he was after power. Mm. That's the only reason. And back then you could buy the Muse cheap. And the irony is, I mean, Egli had his English importer buy tons of these things and throw away the chassis just for that engine so he could put them in the chassis. However, car engines, if you picked the right car engine you could get a lot more power and with the added bonus of quite an exotic player plant. Because remember, we take four-cylinder bikes for granted now. In the 60s, it was like, wild! Four-cylinder bike! This is stuff 
you know, MV Augustas were pretty much the only one. So, and I'm thinking about bikes that have engines that look like they came from a car, but I don't think they did. But the Goldwing, does that have any lineage to a car motor? No, because it looks like it would. The Goldwing became like it did Mm -hmm. because the criteria for the Goldwing made being a flat four very, very favorable. Goldwing had to be shaft drive. Mm-hmm. So if your bike shaft drive, you want the crank running front to back. Now, there are shaft drive bikes where the crank runs across. GS850 is one of them. KZ1000ST is another. But generally speaking, if you've got a shaft drive bike, the, bike's, uh, the crank's running front to back. What was really the crucial part of the Goldwing design that wanted the weight to be carried very, very low? Yeah. To make it easy to handle. Mm. Therefore, you sat on top of the gas tank, which is really close to the center of gravity, and the engine was a flat configuration, mm-hmm. which got all the heavyweight parts of the bike, the gas tank and the crank, down low. Do you remember we talked about this in the past? As a brief reminder, if you think about motorcycle design, if you draw an imaginary line from the top of the triple tree to the rear axle, a straight line. Everything in front and below that is helping your handling. Everything above and behind it is hindering. Yeah. And the further away it is from that axis point and the heavier it is, the more it affects either good or bad. So if we really extrapolate that as much as we can having a bike that's got the lowest most forward crank possible you've got that glorious pendulum effect oh now you've you've just built the gurney alligator yes right Uh, yes exactly yeah that was the big thinking behind it so um let's talk about um friedel munch very interesting character i have a model of one of those in here too so um friedel munch he kind of fits in the national pride category, but he was really driven by building a high-performance motorcycle. And he was approached in 1965 by um, a German race car driver, whose name escapes me right now, who said, look, I want a high-performance bike that can get me to all the European circuits very, very quickly without drama. So what Munch did was he built a chassis based on a very similar principle as the Norton Featherbed, which was considered the frame to have back then, but obviously a bigger version. And he picked an NSU 1000cc engine, a little um, air-cooled four-cylinder engine, or water-cooled four-cylinder engine, glorious little thing. Um, It had, um, it was quite a lightweight bike, actually. It was 480 pounds. It had 60 horsepower, which doesn't sound a lot now, Back then, it was a big deal. That extra 10 horsepower above a British twin. But the big difference between it and a Bonneville, for anybody who's ridden um, a British twin of any kind of capacity at all, when you're riding at 70, 80 miles an hour, they're shaking quite a bit underneath you. Whereas this was super smooth and a very, very high-speed bike. And again, of course, it had shaft drive. So a very successful bike. They were made... Um, basically from 1966, they grew to 1,200cc and about 75 horsepower. Top speed was always around 120 miles an hour. Um, Some got up to 125, 480, 500 pounds, 
very well thought out and balanced bike. Cripplingly ugly. Just <laughs> gruesome. Um, but Form I, and fit follow function. Yes, definitely <laughs> in the Bauhaus style, I should imagine. Um, up until a couple of years ago, I don't know if Friedel is still alive. I think he's gloriously eccentric. But up until hmm. about 10 years ago, he would still build you a new bike. So if that is the case, it's probably one of the longest production bikes because you could argue it's been in production from 1966 up until now. Um, so there you go. Munch Mammoth. Let's talk about the Quasar. We talked a little oh, bit yeah. about the Quasar last week. The Quasar is like nothing well, that's, else. That's uh, three-wheel? No, it's no, two wheels. It's two wheels. But it's got a roof. That's, that's what it was, yeah. So the Quasar was the brainchild of uh, two gloriously eccentric Englishmen called Malcolm Newell and Ken Lehman, um, both of which who were employed in the motorcycle industry, and really wanted an all-weather bike. So they thought, well, we'll put a roof and a windshield on it and a defroster, even though you're kind of open. And this was thinking way in advance of current thought. I mean, BMW have tried this since, but the Quasar was the first. And it was never a massively successful bike. I was trying to, fi trying to look at the numbers that they made. They made this thing from 1975 to 1981. Is styling even a consideration in some of these things? Oh, I think. Holy <laughs> They're just butt ugly. No, it looks Ooh. better from the back. Um, <laughs> I so wouldn't say that. Oh, I would. It's it's, it's, it's a louvered. It's a, it's a two wheeled piece of cheese. It is a piece. No, it's definitely louvered at the back. Would you say that's it's louvered? It's it is louvered, cheese but it's still hideous. Yes. Well, anyway. Oh, yeah. wow. um, however, it did have a car engine. It had a reliant, yeah, one thousand cc engine. Listen, let me tell you, um, quasars were not. Well, they were never common on English roads, but they weren't exactly uncommon either. I vividly remember, um, as a reasonably young motorcyclist who'd only been, you know, messing around for a couple of years on my GS1000, um, tooling along in the middle lane of the M1, thinking I was doing really well at 120 miles an hour, and a Quasar came past me like it was just standing still. They were quick, and they handled remarkably well. Um, the Crown and Glory. Have you ever heard of a racer called Phil Reed? I have not. Well, Phil Reed was a very, very successful racer in um, uh, um, England. Very famous motorcycle racer. And he was knighted for his efforts. Hmm. And he went to pick up his knighthood wearing a top hat and tails <laughs> in a quasar. <laughs> so that, that was its kind of glory day. So, you know, it's a motorcycle. And um, the... Well, the last production bike, and I want to talk about a special after this, is the one that every teenage boy or girl mm -hmm. had upon their bedroom wall in the 70s. And it also had a Citroen engine. Uh, not, not the Van Veen. The Van Veen OCR uh, yeah. 1000. It actually had a Komoter engine um, who were owned by Citroen. It, it was a rotary. It was a twin, yeah. ro it yeah, was really. a, a twin rotor. Uh, Vankel engine, which always raises a smile in England. It's a wanker <laughs> engine. Um, and Henk van Veen was an interesting character. He was um, the the Dutch importer for Kreidler mopeds and motorcycles. 
made an absolute bloody fortune because in Holland it is actually compulsory to ride a motorcycle. You you don't have any choice. Um, and, you know, you can go to kindergarten and have moped riding classes. So literally everyone rides a motorcycle. So if you have a good one like a Kreidler, you're going to sell a kajillion trillion and make just as much money as the Aga Khan. And he wanted a big power bike. Um, so he came up with this marvellous thing, the Van Veen OCR 1000, introduced in 1974, um, had this giant twin rotor rotary in it, um, about 90 horsepower, 150 mile an hour bike, again, just gruesomely ugly. Um, lots of different shades of green, the colour didn't help, it was many shades of green, um, but a true superbike in every Stretch of the imagination. If you haven't seen one, don't worry. There were only 38 made. 1974 to 1981. In seven years, he made 38 other things. Um, the fact that they were terribly unreliable, overheated, and I think they were the equivalent of £5,000 back then, which is um, more than a jag. So you'd really have to want one. Um, because much as I love motorcycles, given the choice between buying, you know, taking my hard-earned money back in 1975 and buying a Jag or a Van Veen OCR 1000, probably buy the Jag. I've got to be honest with you. Mm. You know, be kind of a hard sell. Um, and the last one, it's a special. And I didn't want to include any specials on this because people have been dicking around putting car engines in bikes forever. But this one has, I feel, the... Perhaps the most legitimacy. Back in the 60s in England, Norton had this amazing pair of Irish engineers called the McCandless Brothers. And they came up with this fantastic frame called the Featherbed Frame. And it was just called that because it was, it was really... gave a superb ride and very, very rigid. And so there were a lot of specials built using a Norton frame and an engine from a different manufacturer. So I think we've all heard of the Triton, um, which is very, very famous, which is a Triumph engine in a Norton frame. We've heard of a, you may not have heard of a Norbsa, which is a Norton frame with a BSA engine. Hmm. Um, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, there was um, Norenfield which is a Royal Enfield Interceptor engine with a Norton featherbed frame. But one of my favourites, and it started off as a sidecar hack, and a few brave souls had them solar, was a Norimp. And a Norimp was a Norton frame with a Hillman Imp engine. What the hell is a Hillman Imp, you say? Well, a Hillman Imp was a competitor to the Mini. It was a tiny little car, but unlike the Mini, it had the engine in the back. And the engine was very, very interesting. It was an all-aluminium, 998cc four-cylinder, overhead cam, water-cooled, built by a company called Coventry Climax. <laughs> um, <laughs> 60-horsepower engine, great, lovely little revy engine. And the Imp was a glorious little car and very much loved by the women at the time. So much so that Hillman actually made a deluxe version of the Imp called the Stiletto, which was basically an Imp 
aimed specifically at women with lots of extra chrome on it and nice posh yeah. seats. Um, but it had this nice little four-cylinder engine in it, which made good power. As a side note, that was never designed as a car engine. It was designed as an engine to power a fire pump. The kind of pump you'd see on a fire engine. It had its own four-cylinder engine. That's what the uh, Coventry Climax 998 was designed for. However, a few brave souls put them in motorcycles. And it's not the prettiest engine in the world, but it was a solid 60-horsepower engine, great power delivery, revy little thing, and you could build a sub 450-pound bike which basically, out of the box, you could do 120 miles an hour on, which was a big deal in the 60s. Um, and a few people built them. And I'd say not the prettiest things in the world, but a worthy successor as a special. So that one, it's not really a car engine. I mean, it's really a fire pump engine that grew up into a car engine that ended up in a motorcycle. And I think you forgot the most famous one of all. Rudolph. Nope. Dodge. Oh. Tomahawk. Oh. Well, you know. Oh, you guys yes. remember when oh, this came yes. out? Absolutely, yes. That V10 that they shoved into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? It's oh, a V10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, everyone saw it and went, there's no way this thing is real. I mean, it's this giant, like 8,500cc uh, motor. Wasn't it a motorcycle? And it had four wheels. Yes, so but, it's not a motorcycle. But the <coughs> wheels were put together with independent suspension so you could still lean the bike. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like calling, the, you know, the Nikon or some of these others not a motorcycle because they got no, three the wheels. No, the Nikon's a tricycle. Yeah, but and in this one, they because they're together. I'm just saying, it, it didn't look rideable, but they actually made a bike that you can ride. It's a quadricycle, darling. Okay, there you go. It's still a gorgeous thing. <laughs> no, it is, a, it is a thing. And I really wanted to avoid that because aside from the Norimp, all of these bikes were legitimate production mm -hmm. bikes that you could walk into your dealership, show them your money, and actually walk out with a bike, which, of course, you couldn't with the Tomahawk. The Tomahawk was really a one-off special oh, to yeah. show it could be done. The Norimp, I agree, was never a production bike, but there were enough of them made to make it interesting. Mm -hmm. And I just thought the whole story of that little Coventry Climax engine graduated from being stuck inside a fire engine to becoming the power plant for the second most successful small car of 1963 to ending up in a Norton frame it was a great little story. I, I got to say the, the, an engine called climax powering a fire pump, that can't be a, a just a coincidence. So when things get hot and heavy, you, you can put <laughs> them out with a, and it was called a Norx imp, you know? Yes. So there is one non-production that I know of. Um, it's the Von Dutch, uh, yes. chopper with the VW motor in it. Right. That was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that mm. was a special built by him. And Von Dutch was looking after the same thing. He was after power. And he was after usable power. Because the smart ones understand that power is only of value if you can actually use it. One of the fastest bikes of the 1960s was the BSA Spitfire. It was far quicker than a Bonneville. But the reason that it didn't get the glory that the Bonneville did, even though it was a far faster bike, was it was so fragile. When you bought a Spitfire, you had a choice. You either 
went fast and blew all your mates in into the weeds and then rebuilt the engine <laughs> or you rode a little bit less hastily and made it last you couldn't do both the bonneville guys could thrash their bikes and aside from piddling oil out of the pushrod tubes it would go on forever so i want to ask everyone here what motor do you think would be a good donor if you decided you wanted to build your own motorcycle with a car motor what, what would you choose i i think for me uh, an easy choice would be from my Jeep Cherokee, the flat six. Or straight six, I mean straight six. Straight six, yeah. Straight six. That's I a big engine. It's a big engine. Henderson. Heavy. I'm thinking but Henderson. It yeah. would fit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was gonna say uh Chevy straight six. Yeah. That was I th- yeah, I think yeah. I think that would fit and great power. Oh yeah. It sounds no. great. What no what, what would you use, Bagel? <laughs> I would take a Subaru WRX and put it in a BMW frame. Yep, that'd be the one. That'd be a good engine Mm. right there, yes. Mm. With the turbo? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What do you guys think? What would be a good I was thinking something lightweight and compact. So I was thinking like the smart car. But you know, mm. there's not a lot of power there. Um, yeah, but, but that's you the only could, thing you I could. Jazz, oh. You could jazz it up with a turbo. Well, on that's it. true. Yeah, you could jazz it up. How about yeah. this? How about but, this? Well, How about the Amazonas two with a Porsche engine? Ooh, hmm. better style. I bet the Porsche engine is going to be similar. Yes, to uh-huh. the VW engine. Right. Yeah. Amazonas two. That'd be cool. With yeah. The Porsche engine could be cool. Yeah, I'd like to build a special with a Corvair engine just because it's no, that's the, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Corvair. Corvair. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Emma, but I'm, I'm going to ask you a question that a lot of listeners are out, out there thinking of. Well, isn't the BMW K75, K100, isn't that a car engine? You know, the... It, it was... The K75 and K100 were a classic case of engineering really pushing the design envelope it wasn't you can't trace trace any elements of that back directly to car design but there is a lot of car thinking in it so the way that the fuel injection is set up the way that the drivetrain is set up the engine itself is set up is there's a lot of automotive thinking in it and again the instrument pack is very automotive like so you can't buy a car with that engine in it but BMW drew heavily on their experience with cars, particularly the 2002 series, to help design that bike. Hmm. Yeah. So why hasn't there been a hybrid motorcycle? Real estate. That's it. It's it, that's it. It's real estate. We have we have only got so much real estate to play mm. with, and so much weight to play with. Um, you know, once you get above 500 pounds. And you yeah. really want to try and avoid that if you can. Yes, Bagel. And, well, I also wanted to mention uh, the the opposite of uh, putting a motorcycle engine in a car, uh, because I've heard of uh, was when you when you guys mentioned the uh, yeah. smart car, I've heard of people putting a Hayabusa engine inside a smart car. Yeah. Oh yeah, and seen the yeah. videos. That looks like a lot of fun. So in Italy, there is a lunatic <laughs> who has a Hayabusa <laughs> engine in an Ape. <laughs> yes which is just yes. and i've seen video of it and the thing yep. is just monstrous 
Yep. And I've I will say too. there's that that Honda, that little tiny Honda car with a Honda VFR engine in it. I don't know if you've seen that, but there's videos <laughs> nice. out, out there of right. that VFR engine like in that Honda tiny little, what is it, the Honda N600 or something? The, yeah. The, the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From like but, the you know, once again, it's been a very, very little history hole, um, but hopefully I've whetted your appetite. And do some research. Find find your own favorites. Well, and actually, big engines and small bikes is a perfect segue into who are you going to call when you're in a motorcycle accident? One eight hundred Law Tigers. They're great. <laughs> your case evaluation is free, and they don't get paid until you get paid. They should be the first call you make after a motorcycle accident. Why? Because they fight for motorcycle riders and their families to get the compensation they deserve. With over 20 years of experience, they will handle your case with the respect and dignity you deserve. The insurance company wants to get away with that paying the lowest possible. So you really do need to have representation, even for something small. And with Law Tigers, you don't have to handle the motor motorcycle case alone. So why should you hire Law Tigers? Well, they can help get you your motorcycle and gear repaired or replaced. Don't forget, it's the gear also they don't tell you about. They know how important your motorcycle is to you. So after it's been in an accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS, and they will get you the help you need. There you go. All right. So uh, since we were just talking about, you know, trying to, like, come up with, you know, merges, you and I'm talking, just talking about like the Amazonas and like, oh, put a Porsche engine, do a redo. Um, it made me think, what are, what are some bikes that you guys would like to see come back? You know, we've been having a lot of retro style bikes coming back with new engines and new handling. They look like that old vintage bike we love, but it's all the modern uh, comforts. So I'm curious, what bike would you like to see be revived and come back? And I'm personally going to say the GPZ 1100 is one of my oh, favorite yeah. bikes styling-wise. Surely you mean the GPZ. I love the GPZ 1100, and I would love to see that come back with all new. What bikes would you guys like to see? Emma, what about you? Well, you know where my heart is. I mean, it's back in the 1970s. Um and as glorious as it be to re- see a resurgence of the two strokes, that'll never happen. But properly styled GS1000, Z1000, you know, these are the glory days of superbikes to me. And, you know, even the CBX and CB900. There you go. There's a perfect example. I'd like to see a 2022 Honda CBX. See what that looked oh, like. That would be cool. Yeah, wouldn't it? Give that six-cylinder another shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be. Uh, Eric, how about you? What would you like to see? Well, I haven't been into uh, motorcycles all that long, mm-hmm. three years, so I really don't know what bikes were cool oh, back in the day. a whole bunch around oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> they are something else to look at. Um, yeah, I'd have to pass on this. <laughs> ah, so we're, we'll tell you. Oh, there you go. You yeah, there tell you. me what John, I want. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> thanks, thanks for John, what do you want to see revived? You know, after after going around and looking at motorcycles a couple weeks ago, I think I, I've always wondered if there could be a modern version of a vintage motocrosser. Something that had good power, mm-hmm. um, but was a little lower. 
But, you know, because I love that when I was younger, I used to sit on, I had an IT-175 and it was like perfect for me. So something more radical than like an, an enduro, but still not like a full-on motocrosser. Yeah. All right. Maybe Brad? not as tall. Yeah. Well, so. Oh, why, why is he muted, John? What'd you do? Well, I don't know what I did. Am I muted still? Mm-hmm. What'd you do, John? I don't know. Oh, boy. Uh, Go ahead. Did I unplug myself? You may have. Yeah, it wasn't me. Am I? Going for this uh, plug it into the mic behind the mic. There you go. Try that. There you go. There you go. You've come unglued, darling. All yes. right. So what well, would you like to see? When we talk provide? motorcycles, I get a get a little carried away. Anyway, uh, okay. I want to see that Ducati Cruiser come back. That really ugly. Yeah, that oh, the, one. The, that the, look on your face says it all. The Indiana. <laughs> That's oh. what it is. Yes, we named yes. the dog Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that Duke. That ugly, why? ugly. Why? That is a Duke nasty. <laughs> why it's, do you want to see that? Because it's got that retro styling that is just wacky, off the wall, crazy, quirky. I don't know. I I just yeah. I don't know. You asked. I answered. No, I, I feel perhaps... You're still looking at me like that. If if, yeah. if Prince was still with us and considering making a Purple Rain 2022 album, Uh-oh. he would probably choose a brand new Ducati Indiana for the album mm. cover. But the reason is because usually when you want to revive something, you're taking something that aesthetically was pleasing but needs an update performance wise and you're going with something that's aesthetically ugly yes i am yes i am okay what about a moto guzzi le mans like the 850 yeah that'd be bringing that back um did you did you come up with something i was thinking about the uh trans alps yeah yeah the honda i mean they've been talking about bringing that they're teasing oh yes they are but you know the, the Transalp's cultural successor is the Honda CB500X, and as much as I like the CB500X, the Transalp's a far more interesting bike. Oh, it's a beautiful bike. Yeah, they they really should. But it's I mean it's it it kind of lives on in the CB500X of sorts. Well, yeah, you see so many people taking that 500X and making it into an adventure bike, but that's all that extra money and yeah 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 so it'd be nice to um because they do the rally kit in england um and i think i think you just be getting to start to get the rally kit over here but it's a chunk of money oh I, yeah i'll tell you what i want to see come back go on then the cx 500 i bet you do i do mm. and not the turbo i mean that would be cool the cx 500 do you I remember think what we call those I, in england yeah you call it the maggot the plastic um, <laughs> I think it's a cool engine. People are still collecting them to turn them into cool cafe racers and stuff. So it's a great platform to have different styles because there was a cruiser, there was a street. You can do a lot with it. Well, I've got some great and platforms. And I think with the CB500X, we're seeing that that 500cc engine has yeah. got a lot of function right now. Bring that back. I'd even like an adventure version of a CB500, or CX500. Yeah, what do you that, think about that? No, I think that'd be fine. Okay. I think that would be absolutely jolly. I think it's time. And they're really, other than the Moto Guzzi's, there is nothing like that right now. But the Moto Guzzi's are much bigger engines. They don't have anything like that that's a midsize, right? Right. So there we go. I think that. Um, what do you guys think about a BSA Gold Star? So. You want to see that come back? No, I mean, it is. so Because um, it is. 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, 2022, the BSA Gold Star is coming back. Um, it looks very much like a it looks like a Royal Enfield in that it is a modernized classic yes. bike. Um, and this is going to be Indian made. Oh well, hang on there. Mm-hmm. It's Indian money. Yes, Indian what money. they're trying to do. So Maharinda, who mm-hmm. are the Jeep people, um, and they are number one motorcycle producers in India, um, way above Tata. They're gonna try and set up production in England in Small Heath, which is the site of the old BSA works, oh, really? the suburb of Birmingham. Um, but I'm guessing it'll be a lot of the parts will be of Indian manufacture. Um, I like it. I usually, funnily enough, whenever a new retro bike comes out, I will always ask my brother. Um, not because he's got this massive amount of knowledge on bikes, mm-hmm. but he has got quite good taste. Um, and he's he looked it over and he said, you know, it's about eight eight out of ten. It's about eighty percent there, which I tended to agree with him. Um, it's a very nice looking bike. The radiator has got to go. Um, mm-hmm. they've they've done what they usually try and do and hide it. And it's like if you try and hide something your eyes are going to be drawn to it. So they actually need to be a little more proud of it and stick some chrome on that. Is it water-cooled or, or oh, water-cooled? Oh, it's water-cooled. No, bikes oh. have to be water-cooled now. Oh, so it's a four. Yeah, here. it's a um, four-valve, water-cooled, 652cc and, with 45 horsepower. Right. And in my opinion, they really missed the mark with the taillight. That taillight has got to go. Well, I find it interesting because... When we were doing our little um, field trip last week, going to all the dealerships, what bike did we see the most of? Royal Enfield. Royal Enfields. They're creeping into dealers as a you know second, third, fourth you know because uh, you line can't that they're beat the value and the value is there. And then with a Himalayan, Himalayan, as he said, Himalayan. Was, he said it's it's a Himalayan. Um, they're making moves to come up with these affordable. Uh, mid-sized bikes and now i see that the bsa is coming in so but the bsa i think has better styling than the royal enfield absolutely yeah it's got it, that yeah. gold star emblem yeah. so are, no they're going to sell an absolute million is this going to be young people or old guys buying it all depends on the price point because mm. surprisingly the royal enfield i think young people are buying those it's like a hipster bike Right. Yeah. No, the BSA will outsell both of them combined. Triumph, Enfield, the lot. As long as they keep the price point sensible and keep the quality up. Um, the quality is the question. Quality is, yeah. the, is the key. But, I mean, you can't go wrong. It's a good style bike. I know they're going to sell a bunch of accessories to make it even more retro looking. I don't see a price listed on this. Probably depends on where they manufacture. Right, if they make if they make it back in Birmingham, it is going to add a lot of money to the price. But there's going to be that cachet of actually having made in England, right, right, on, right. on the frame tube, which right. does and actually they, count for a bit. And they may also be able to avoid some tariffs that way, wouldn't they? I would have thought so. I mean, right. you know, so post Brexit, I mean, England is the Wild West, so right. Um, well, and I find it interesting that I mean, when Norton came back. They went 
to a high-end like boutique performance bike. Right. And now BSA comes in and it's going to be an affordable, vintage, modern bike. And it's interesting to see um, uh, all these names that are bought up and brought back. And I'm just curious, Emma, how much do you really think is in the name? Because Mahindra, I think, also owns Jawa. There's all these companies that die. They bring them back rather than just starting with something new. And I'll even use uh, Victory versus Indian as an example. Yes. Victory, let's make a brand new bike, brand new name. Right. Everything. And Indian, let's just revive it again. Right. With the classic styling. Yet, I thought that the Victories were very good bikes. No, the Victories are very, very good bikes, but... Yet... They didn't have the cachet. Yeah. Yeah. So I see this a lot at the shop. The Mototown's really two shops in one. It's a very vibrant, busy motorcycle shop that you can get an oil change, you can get um, your tires changed, whatever. But it's also a vintage restoration shop. And as the winter's kind of closing in now, I'm focusing less on people just coming through the door and I'm focusing more on my restorations. And nostalgia is a very heady drug and when nostalgia creeps in sky's the limit money-wise it really is i mean some of these older guys in order to recapture those glory days of their youth they'll spend whatever they need to spend on it and motorcycle manufacturers know this hence the bonneville hence the bonneville t100 hence the norton and this hence this bsa People are looking to get to just capture that little part of their youth. Um, I think it's going to be a winner. Like I say, it's hence it, like the monkey bike. Yes, right. The yeah. monkey is oh, a, the monkey is amazing. Yeah, and yeah. you know how many people have got warm fuzzy feelings about the monkey? Cheeky monkey. I want ST ninety to come back. But yeah, I do find it interesting how much how many of these. Um, these brands go, you know, come back again just because there's value in the name. Um, but it, it's it's hard to come up with something new. You know, something else I also noticed, uh, Mahindra, they also own Peugeot Cycles. Peugeot, yes. Really? So I, I need to look into that more. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about that. But did, did Peugeot make scooters, Bagel? Made mopeds. Yeah, they made, they made some uh, few scooters over the years. Yeah, uh, most so. most of them were for uh, the the domestic market, I think. But but some of them have been sold uh, outside of France. Going back to that French national pride, right? right. And I used to drive a Peugeot also. And, but Maharinda understand that, and that's why they're really trying to get the BSA made back in England, because it's how many times have I talked about the reverence for the national product? I know you've also talked about don't buy a bike made on Friday. Well, <laughs> it depends, yes. Um, so it's, if not, I, yeah. it's not so much the case now, but back in the boozy 70s, oh, my <laughs> God, you bought a Friday bike. It's like, um, but, yeah, it's this reverence for the national product. Yeah. And I think if Maharinda are able to get the BSA made in England, and better still... If they make enough money with it, they can make a twin-cylinder bike. 
They've got it made in the shade. Now, if, if they produce the parts in India and assemble it in England, do you think that would be enough to make the cut? I th- I think whatever it takes to get that made in England decal on the frame tube, that's yeah. all it's going to take. So I'm going to I'm going to bring up the fact that uh, MZ MZ the company MZ mm-hmm. became MUZ more or less, right. and uh, Asians the Philippines was that company bought by the Philippines or anyway MZ was it Czech. MZ no, was uh, well, Eastern European, Eastern German. Okay. Yeah, East Eastern German, German. Yeah, originally, right. but um, it got sold to somebody in some corporate entity mm-hmm. in Southeast Asia. Asia, right? And it didn't last very long. I, unfortunately, I had a friend here in town who had a Scorpion. Somebody very, needs very to bring Bull Taco back. That'd right. be a great brand to rebuild. Probably oh, handsome Spaniard. Yeah. Um, but MZ's actually, um, that was their hometown, Motos Jopau. Well, yeah. I'm, um, I'm curious to see if these BSAs start showing up alongside the Royal Enfields. I think probably that's going to be the idea. What I actually see going down the road is a lot of the boutique manufacturers mm-hmm. kind of clubbing together. Yeah. Or an importer into the States getting a bunch of these boutique manufacturers together and kind of presenting them almost as one package to dealers. So if you're signed on, you know, like the Berliner Corporation back in the day. um, Well, and I'm even going to say these are going to open the door to other brands and to dealers like, hear me out, CSC. Maybe. Right? You guys familiar with California Scooter Company? So they were making knockoffs of like the Mustang little scooter. And, but then they started getting into making their own bikes. They got these adventure bikes. They're mm-hmm. what, 250cc, but they look like a little mini BMW GS. 300, um, I Is think. it 300 now? I think so, yeah. Um, they've started making uh, some very interesting affordable bikes, like under five grand for a brand new bike. Wow. That... A lot of people are staying away from, but we've had people come here right. with theirs and say, no, I can get all the parts I need. Yes, it's all Chinese. It's all cheap, but I can get parts by the dozen uh, off the internet really cheap and keep it going. But you can't go into a dealer and buy one. Right. You get Royal Enfield and BSA, maybe CSC joins too, because now you've really created a, a market that's opening everything up for these cheaper brands that are filling that niche. Right? Right. I'm just saying it would be interesting. I would love to be able to go look at these cheap bikes and actually see them in person. I mean, we're starting to see that with Benelli, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem is the distribution here in the U.S. It might look a whole lot better than it does on your cell phone or in a magazine, you know, and if you can, and that's the problem is you just don't have that distribution here in the U S so well, much. America's a big country. <clears throat> and yeah. if you want to, even back in the day, there were never, there was never single distributors for makes. Yeah. There was the West coast distributor yeah, like Hap Jones. Mm-hmm. And then the East coast distributor, the Berliner corporation, right. And that's how it was because America was so big mm. and it ain't got any smaller. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, you need to see these bikes. Well, and also, I mean, it also ties in if you're wanting to buy, you know, you know I love to buy cheap parts off of uh, AliExpress and Banggood. <laughs> Bing, bang, Just bong. to try them out, right? 
Well, this time I got a recommendation from somebody who's actually used one. Um, and this one comes from Tim. And he Hello, says, Tim. hey, Liza, I heard you mention the high speed head shake from your 690 Enduro on the last couple podcasts, which I used to experience as well. Actually, it's quite common since the inception of the 690. So I thought I'd give you a little tip. Just the tip. <laughs> After doing all of the normal checklist items that people recommend, balancing the tire, checking front wheel alignment, torquing it down, people seem to migrate towards the steering damper solution, which seems to be a 100% fix. Ooh, I'm, I'm interested. It says, I thought the Scots and others were kind of pricey, like KTM has one. Uh, coincidentally, last year I saw a review of a Chinese damper on YouTube for about 150 bucks. Um, like the Scots, I think it was like 750 right. bucks, which is a lot of money to drop, oh, you yeah. know? Right. Yeah. Um, so 150 bucks for a Chinese one. So he says, I'm not really a big supporter of buying Chinese ripoff products. <laughs> it's not like me, but in this case, I just couldn't spend that kind of money. And I also wanted to try it out. Thought maybe later I'll buy the real deal. So I ordered one. Well, I'm happy to, happy to report the cheapo damper arrived in perfect shape quickly and it was an easy install i've been riding the bike for a year now in dual sport conditions and actually most off road um and even a couple track days and it has performed flawlessly and completely eliminated the head shake on the 690 at this point if it breaks or fails i still feel like i got my money's worth uh, I thought you might like to give it a try. While riding that bike over 80 miles an hour isn't exactly thrilling. It is necessary uh, sometimes on the highway, and this sure did help. John, you remember me kind of screeching? I do, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to see how fast I'll go. <laughs> it was scary. Um, so he says, also, I put the mini windscreen on uh, from KTM, and while that really helps the speed too, I also did a seat concept seat, and at this point, I feel comfortable enough to go for days. Um, so I went ahead and ordered the damper kit. It's now $173, $180. Right. And I also found that windscreen extension that I can screw on to my little, little tiny, tiny fairing that sits behind the, the gauge. Um, so these are some accessories I'm going to put on my 690 and try out. Knock thinks I'm an idiot for buying the cheap one, but I think uh, my I think question would be: Is it rebuildable? Like uh, I, I don't know if well, the, the high end one, the the luxury brand ones, are rebuildable. But because I don't know a whole lot about steering dampers, but that would be my question: well, Is it rebuildable? First of all, if it's not working, then then I don't have any less performance than I currently have. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Emma made the point of uh, I think dampers themselves are somewhat simple, but it's the risers that the it the was, bar clamps that are part of it that to be suspect that that's what mm. frightened me the damper mm. if your damper fails big deal you're back where you started you're just 175 bucks out mm -hmm. but those risers yeah um you know but they do they raise the bars up one inch which i'm happy well they have that. to to clear the mm -hmm. damper mm -hmm. um but I don't know. Well, I'm going to try scary, it out. Yeah, that's the scary part to me. But I think if everything's fitted correctly and torqued down correctly, um, I couldn't see the risers kind of just breaking in service. But I think if you fall off the bike correctly, you might break one. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, the other ones and are what, 800 you said? 
the, yeah, yeah, like seven hundred fifty. You could bucks. go through four of them and still be ahead of the game, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, and also, while I was there uh, buying that, god damn these suggestion boxes that pop up! I've gone down all <laughs> new rabbit holes. Oh god! I now Ooh. have. You are the perfect consumer. I now have a, a KTM doormat coming. I have um, a motorcycle print, um, area rug, and a bedroom, a, a, a bed set. The bed sheets that you showed yes, me yesterday. Yes, yes. It's, it's hilarious. Pillowcase and, and, and duvet cover. Are you, are you going to bed with the doctor? Oh. I've discovered a world of things that you can just get printed and buy. So I'm, you know, I'll be opening those up and we'll review those. Uh, Emma. You got an email there to read. Which one would you like me to uh, read? One on top sounds good. First timer, Howdy Motley Crow. Hey. Hello. Um, hello, and first time writing from sunny Florida. Yeah. So it is Florida Man, also known as <laughs> Stephen Butt. Florida hello, Man. Hello, Stephen. Love the show and have been following for a while. One day, perhaps, hang on, I'm going to do it in my posh BBC accent. One day, perhaps our paths will cross and we can hoist a cool pint to those present and those gone but not forgotten. I loved the last show and would like to offer my choice for a super bike. I would like to submit there's my current bike. All right, right. I'm not sure whether it's Rachel or Raquel. My VTX 1300R is a superbike. That is not a superbike. Because I love her. It's a superbike to him, darling. Enough nonsense. Next, I would like to pass on the following YouTube link for Emma, that is I, oh, yeah. to watch and enjoy. It is a movie called The Continental Circus. It's predominantly French language, but it's set in Europe, and Emma might enjoy some of the footage and even recognize some of the faces. Ivy, Agostini, Dunlop, etc. Hmm. Have you seen this? Not yet, but I'm oh. looking forward to it. It's going to be great. My favorite motorcycle picture of all time is a picture of Aigo. Of who? Giacomo Agostini at the oh, Isle of Man. Yeah. And I will show it to you. And it's a glorious photograph. In my opinion, it is the best motorcycle racing picture of all time. Um, so, lastly, I look forward to each episode and wish you all sun on your face and wind in your hair. For those of you that have hair. <laughs> Shiny side up, dirty side down, and may your rides be filled with many sweeping curves. Your sunshine state friend, Steve. Thank you, Steve. And there is a PS at the bottom. Tell me why. Tell, Tell me why. why. Ain't nothing but. Why oh, does everyone dude. close with fuck knock? <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> I think the guys here in the room know the answer. It seems to be a rather oh. Brad, you know the answer, I don't do. you? I think I do. You do? Yeah. You want to tell us? Yeah, I was so looking forward to meeting everybody here and, and uh, you know, all the crew that came, that regularly comes here and shows up. And, of course, knock shows up. But unfortunately, he left. He so, shows up to tell us he's not staying for the podcast. Yeah. So we yeah. said, fuck knock. Fuck knock. <laughs> fuck knock. There you go. <laughs> he comes by and he goes, eh, I hate eh. saying that. I love I the guy and I, you know, just barely met him. Ah, uh, fuck knock. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Got a comfort. Uh, John, you have something to read there? I do. This is from Crew Speed. 
Hello, all. Not really a comment for just Emma, but she doesn't she doesn't have to wait for the Numb Nuts Titanium Taint Challenge to put it on a show. Yeah. Slather everyone down with some oil and take some pics and make a calendar out of it. We'll help Liza recover if she has to pay out. I've laughed at the show for years. Keeps Monday enjoyable. Thank you. And who was that from? Uh, the name is Crew Speed. Crispy Crew Speed? Crispy Crew Speed. Oh, very good. Am I just sent you a message? Let me see. Let me see what you've said. <laughs> 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 I just wanted to get that on tape. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. Oh. Right. So Liza has just sent me a picture <laughs> of, a, of a delicious looking carrot cake. <laughs> Obviously homemade and in green icing on the top of the carrot cake. Well, you got to read the, t- the, t- the, the top first. They said... Bring a dessert and a game to the party. So this person has done both <laughs> That's in awesome. one. And yeah. has, has made a delicious <laughs> carrot cake and in green icing on the top it says, find the toenail. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> However, oh. Oh. Um, I'm going to pass around my... <clears throat> in it's my better than op- find the pube. Oh, God. <laughs> in my opinion, the greatest motorcycle racing picture ever ever taken and Ooh, likely ever maybe I can to get be this taken. on a, 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 a toilet cover or something like let's see yeah oh, that is oh yeah that's, that's a great the, photo yeah, that's, that's agostini at the awesome. isle of man all right yeah i think i can get that printed on some yeah there um, you go all right we got time for some more i have one and this is a great one um hey friends coming back at you from chaotic reality in tennessee and uh, he says, as always, you guys are amazing, and every show is great edutainment. I learned something on every show, perhaps sometimes something I didn't want to learn, but those are funny too. So um, welcome, uh, oh, Chaotic Reality, as your newest Patreon member. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. And he wants to know when the $10 Ask Miss Emma Patreon option is going to be available. When I, just, when I say it is. Wow. <laughs> we, we have filled that up. I uh, says, thanks for my, the recommendation. My the, cup runneth over. And the discount on the Mimi and Both Moto books. Sweet. Always looking for ways to drive interest in motorcycles for my little five-year-old lady. The rule is that she has to ask and be interested in motorcycles before she can get one. That's my wife's rule. Um, not that I'm going to fully abide by that. She's got a bit to grow, but I want to put her on the dirt soon. Anyways, I got the Mimi Emoto 2 book and Snuggle Monkeys, and she will That's love great. it. Trying to train her up one step at a time. Smart guy. Not done there. He says, um, question for you. I found a Corbin seat for my V-Strum for $175. What are your thoughts? Bargain. That's I a great price. never put my ass on one and curious how much better than my stock strom seat it would be here's a picture of it total shipped would be 215 dollars. it's on a dl 650 but my understanding is it will fit a dl 1000 it depends on the generation yeah uh so that my, looks like a first generation yeah so yeah. i've been riding um corbin seats since the 90s or decades now um i love them i got one on my africa twin and what many people will say, at first they think they're quite hard, quite rigid. They're surprised. They're not soft and cushy. No, they like are you'd expect. They are quite firm, but that is in the design of the foam. Um, they are designed to be more comfortable 
um, and to really plant you well. I always remind people, think back to like elementary school. Can I hear the Christmas choo-choo in the background? Yes. Uh, (laughs) When you were in school, were you sitting on cushioned seats? Yes. Absolutely not. (laughs) I I was sitting on the sofa. Throwing, yeah. throwing darts at the head. You think about the seats we were on, plastic and wood, right. but they were slightly contoured. They were contoured they? to our little box. Yeah. To our little bums. And we sat for all day on these. It didn't hurt. Well, the Corbin is somewhat like that. It's contoured and it's rigid. But on the stock seats, they do have a soft foam that it, it, it collapses in the places it shouldn't be. It doesn't give you the support where you need it. So that's why I do appreciate a Corbin seat for distance riding. It's just more comfortable in the long run. You know, the worst seat I have ever encountered in recent years. What's that? Is on my Benelli Quattro, mm. Susie. It's like sitting on a bag of straw. It is just wretched. The worst seat I, stock seat I ever had was on my BMW 1100 RT which is a long-distance yes. touring bike. No excuse for that. And it was mm. slightly sloped, so it kind of thrust you into the the, the tank. Mm. I hated it. It was a perfect Yikes. excuse to buy an aftermarket seat. Um, but, yeah, that is a great price on a Corbin seat. Um, yeah, I mean, it's clearly used. Um, and I do believe that they, warrant, they warranty seats for a lifetime. I don't think they warranty them for a change of ownership. Yeah, right. Uh, I, would, I, uh, no? I would doubt it. Yeah, but if you were local and you get went in with a tear in your seat, they'd fix it up. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, they are firm. The first time um, he yeah. sits on that seat, he's going to think, "Oh crap, what have I done?" But it it'll kind of sneak up on you. You you'll ride all day, and you're like, "Oh, my buns don't." Hurt. You know, what? and regardless of the brand, seat concept, Sergeant Mustang, whatever. That price for a seat is a good price. Yeah, absolutely. Bottom line. 175 bucks for the, a, a, a custom seat like that. Stock yeah, seats yeah. are never good seats. We've talked about this before. <clears throat> it's a place that they cut corners. They do not intend it to be a good, comfortable seat. Seats and suspension. And that is one of the best upgrades you can do, and that is a good price. So all, I'm all in. Yes. So I'm going to say one thing about that. Um, I actually have a first gen V-Strom, uh, same as his. And uh, so I found a seat, a uh, Corbin seat. Um, so I took a chance, bought it. I actually didn't like it. Uh, reason being is because that's a really scooped seat front to back. And what I found for me is that my tailbone would hit part of that seat um, and so I need more of a flat, I mean, you're never going to get a flat seat on a V-Strom. It's just not how the bike is built, but I need a flatter seat. And so the stock seat is actually, and actually I have a, uh, but one you, of those. You do I have, have a of, misshaped ass. Uh, you've been looking at it, huh? <laughs> but, but Corbin so, can reshape the seat, though. Well, yeah, yeah, but what their policy is, I think, is you basically got to buy a brand new seat. So it doesn't make it worthwhile. And for the price yeah. I paid, then having it reshaped, it, it wouldn't make economic sense to do that. Yeah. What I actually have found is comfortable on mine for me is one of those Coleman pads, uh, ATV pads on top of the stock seat. And that is actually more comfortable than the Corbin seat. Uh, so if anybody in the Portland metro area wants a uh, Corbin seat, I've got one for a first-gen <laughs> V-Strom. <laughs> well, maybe. Can you beat uh, $175? 
Uh, maybe, if, it, maybe. if it's a misfit, <laughs> I could. All right. If it's nice. a misfit, I could. I, I think we got time for one more. Emma, you got one more? Yeah, and I sincerely hope that we have some motorcycle dealers or people who work for dealers listening to us right okay. now. And I'm not including myself in that because I have my own shop. Hello. Hello. And this is Hello. From, this is from Barrier Donovan <laughs> from Rutland, Vermont. Um, new, li- new listener... Oh, sorry, you started with hello. New hello. listener of only several ep- episodes, so I have a lot of catching up to do. But I would like to comment on podcast 449. What yeah. really caught my interest and what I could relate to was the discussion of what makes a good motorcycle shop. Mm-hmm. My wife and I are relatively new to PTWs. We ride Vespa scooters at a young age of 58. And remember, my number one thing is it has to have a couch. Right. Yes. <laughs> we got interested mm. when camping and some people next to us had scooters. They said it was the best thing to get around without taking the camper. Um, they had a Class C. And Class C campers are the ones with the, the, the cab. And then, you know, it's got okay. like... A, and, okay. And then yeah. the, class, the van front end. Yeah. And then the Class A's are the box things um or in my case a large pickup truck a winter's worth of research and we settled on a pair of 2016 vespa sprint 150s what do you have to say about that bagel nice little bikes yeah they are nice little bikes i like sprint 150s yeah excuse me we signed up and took the msf course in the spring which was fantastic very good but i digress on what my reason on what was my reason for writing about shops As new riders, we obviously needed gear, especially a helmet. Being a small town, there are two shops. One has really no soft goods and is basically a service shop. The other is larger and runs the gamut of motorcycles, ATVs, snowmobiles, etc. So wife and I went in there, walked in. Besides the staff, we were the only ones in store and no one said hi or acknowledged us. We went to the helmet wall and spent about 15 or 20 minutes looking at helmets No one came over to ask us if we needed help. We left and discussed that maybe it's something with a motorcycle culture that we don't understand. Next, we had to make a trip to our neighboring state and went to two big motorcycle dealers there and had the same experience. No one acknowledged us or came over to the helmet wall where we were obviously looking for helmets. Left and continued to the store where we bought the Vespas, which was two, two and a half hours away from us. We live in Vermont and store was in New Hampshire. They were very helpful there with us getting fitted with helmets, but it could be just because we spent 10K on the scooters. We have since found a nice store that does a decent selection of soft goods, but is an hour and a half away from us. Sadly, I see no reason to support our local store based on the initial experience. Since then, we tend to buy from Rezilla, Scooter West, Scooter Parts Co., which are all online. Since we have been severely stung by the wasp, our scooter fleet has expanded to six Vespers, and we've discovered rallies with our first one in Richmond, Virginia, where we did meet Bagel and have a beer with him. Did oh, they Bagel? Excellent. That that must have been in uh, 2018 then. Maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah, because that was when I was there after the uh, last Scooter Cannonball run. Yeah, there you at go. At the Veravespa Ver- rally. I have since ridden in the Very 2021 cool. Scooter Cannonball and seriously think about 2023 and more long rides. Bottom line is shops need to focus on customer service, even just a simple high, acknowledging that you and your wallet have come mm-hmm. into their shop. Regards, Barry Donovan, Rutland, Vermont. I couldn't agree more, Barry. And sadly, it's a very, very common problem. Right here in Monterey, well, here is Santa Cruz, but where I'm at in Monterey, there is a giant motorcycle store, and I get so tired of people coming into the shop grumbling about the customer service they get there. Um, Shops really need to up their game. There's been this culture in the motorcycle industry for a long, long time that the people in the industry are doing their customers a giant favor by being there for them. And it's quite the opposite. Those customers are doing us a giant favor by coming in with their wallets and spending their money in my shop and other people's shops. And you've really got to think about that and focus on that. Um, uh, in fact, Emma, every time I come to your shop, you acknowledge me right away. You acknowledge me by yelling, hey, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In my defense, let me tell you what Liza does when she comes to my shop. And Liza is quite welcome to deny this if she wants. So a reasonable human being pulls up in the parking lot, gets out of their car, walks up to the counter and says, oh, hey, Emma, how are you doing? Not Liza. Liza pulls up right in front of her car, winds down the window and goes, oi, out of the window and refuses to get out of the car. And I have to drop whatever I'm doing. I could be through re-shimming an MV Augusta. I've got to drop whatever I'm doing, walk out to her car, acknowledge her, exchange pleasantries, and then that's it. Meeting's over. And she just drives off. And she just yeah. drives off. Doesn't get out of her car. You're, you're welcome to deny that, Liza. I just said, yes, you acknowledge me every time I come. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on a more serious note, this is a very, very common problem. And we had a very, very good experience last week when we did the rounds for the shops. But we kind of went in on mass, and we were quite a cohesive group. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if just John and Melissa went in on their own or indeed you went in on your own, or even I went in on my own, we'd have had the same pleasant experience. Again, I've heard a lot of women say this, that they're ignored by people, and I always say the same thing. I don't have that experience because I go find the salesman and introduce myself and tell them what I want. I still think that take some of the responsibility and go find them. Give them the opportunity to offer you the right. service. You don't, you, I mean... You, a lot of people, like John himself said, I kind of prefer to be left alone when Absolutely. I go Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're probably used to people saying, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. But they may be ready to help you as soon as you give them the signal. 
They're just waiting for it. Yeah. You yeah. see, yeah. to me, and I think that acknowledgement, just a simple acknowledgement for from a salesperson. Um, you know, acknowledging that you're hit there, and right. if you need any help, hey, I'm going to be over here, wherever over here is going to be. Yep. Um, because I too like to just look around. I don't want to be hounded. I don't want somebody standing next to me, like watching my every move. Um, I just want to look around and browse. And but you know, there is a middle ground. And a couple of times when I was working at a big shop, I mean, I was usually stuck in the workshop, but occasionally, oh, there's no staff up in parts. Just go up to parts and, you know, help people out for half a day. And as soon as somebody comes in, be like, hey, how you doing? Look, if you need anything, I'm exactly. here. Um, yeah. If you need anything. If not, I'm not going to bug you. Well, well, I'm like just letting say, people know sure. they exist. Yeah. 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 Bagel, what you got? Well, I also wanted to make the make the point that uh, they were specifically going into uh, motorcycle shops looking for gear, right? Yeah. And one of the things that that I know Phil's talked about, and, and I've heard from from a lot of uh, areas that the the accessory business is is problematic for motorcycle yeah. dealers because they they typically only sell gear to first first-time riders who are there to buy a bike and they need gear, so they just buy it there. Uh, more experienced riders typically don't buy their gear from dealers. So so dealers are, are stuck in a, a, a quandary now where <clears throat> people kind of expect them to have things, but people rarely buy the stuff from them. Yeah, And most often people buy stuff online. Um, so I... I could see where somebody goes into a motorcycle shop these days and they're looking at gear. They're probably not going to have a salesman come over to, to, to help them because they, the salesman is probably going to assume, okay, they're just going to try on a helmet to see which size fits. So they can buy it online. So I'm not even going to bother. Well, but if they're looking at going in looking at bikes, somebody will probably come up to them right away. I, Maybe I, that has something to do with it. I that. will give you an example of poor customer service. Cause I have had it. Um, the last helmet that I bought, um, the, the helmet that I like to wear and the color, um, was d being discontinued. So I wanted to go buy another one just to get it. And I went into, I'll just say it's one of the cycle gears and they're usually pretty good. And I said, do you have this helmet in my size? Cause it's really hard to find the boxes oftentimes for the, that helmet wall. And he just said, no, I don't think so. And left. And I had to go mm. through the wall of helmets and I found wow. one. It was my size. I was able to, I did buy it. So that was like, he didn't take the time when I did go and ask him for help. So yeah, right. you do get bad service. I get it. But uh, just because somebody doesn't approach you, I don't really make that a negative. You got to give them that opportunity. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I agree. I, I agree with what Bagel said, actually, because I think when I go into a cycle year, although you had a bad experience there, I, they immediately I'm getting pretty good service uh, most of the time. Um, not always, but most of the time. Or if I go to like a smaller sh shop like Santa Clara Cycle, and what they sell is accessories. So they're ready to serve me with accessories right when I get there. Where I think the motorcycle shops are trying to sell motorcycles, really, because that's where the margins are. And and they're not going to they're not going to hire somebody full time just to sell helmets at a, at a small shop like that. So. You know, unfortunately, I think we got to go to accessory places to get better service. Well, and I do want to say when you do have a good shop experience, when that uh, mechanic gives you good service or you do find the, the, the stuff that you need, don't forget to thank them. Just like we thank all of our listeners for sticking with us and listening to our show. Thank you, everyone. 
And to our Patreon subscribers, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, we had some people buy some of the T-shirts. The T-shirt deal still exists. Not for you two. Not making fun of you. A little husky here. Small, medium, and large left only. Yeah, I took would, all the big ones. Yeah. If you'd like <laughs> a small, medium, or large Motorcycles and Misfits T-shirt for the whopping sum of $15 shipped to your house That's in the nothing. US, nothing. Just go ahead and send me a PayPal to RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. Don't forget to include your address. I'll get it out. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Yes. We got Christmas, so yeah. happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Yes. Um, yeah. New Year's, we're going to be doing a show next next week. You guys are traveling. Are you going back up to the frigid north? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I got to time that weather just right so I don't run into another snowstorm. No, I, I, think, I think you're going to visit me at Motown tomorrow and, Absolutely, fob, yes. and fob off your, your back tire on me. Yes. I can well, add you, it. You offered. No, and that's true. I can add it to my collection. Um, because I'm due to have all my tires collected. I'm up to about 50 now, so I usually, nice. when I get up to that amount, I'll b- make a fort, and then I can play in oh, the there fort, you go. and then it's time to call the tire recycler. It's like me when I was about six years old. We yeah, had a junkyard by my house, so we would go around and play with all the tires oh, and make ha- a little fort. It was actually Put kind of fun. Put them on your necks, like fire to yeah. them. Yeah. Happy, Something yeah. like that. Happy days. And, uh, John, I think we had some more people sign up for Stumpy's Land of the Giants, also known as Stumpistan. We did, yeah. Uh, you guys I interested? haven't been official yet. Oh, I'm, I'm going yeah, to do you, it, yeah. You're coming? Cool. Nice. Yeah, Eric's going to come. Bagel's been there. It's a great, great trip. And then also, I think I got another person signed up for the Numb Nuts Challenge. Oh, really? How many are we up to now? I think six. Hmm. And we have max of 10. Hmm. 10 so, nuts or 10 people? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Numb Same Nuts thing. Challenge. It's an event on Facebook if you'd like it's, to it's enter for a $1,000 cash prize. And it's going to be cash. And there will be other prizes. I better start saving my money. Now. So I think it should be like numb your nuts and take Liza's cash. <laughs> it is it is cash, but I will just be bringing my piggy bank. So mm. we'll be in coins. Yes, yeah. it'll be. It'll be <laughs> Might have to roll in pennies to get it'll it. It'll be in nickels, <laughs> nickels and dimes. Well, I hope you two had fun. Eric, you Absolutely. got to do the ride oh, yesterday. Gosh, Brad, yeah. you got to hang yeah. out in the garage yeah. today. Yeah. At first, it was just me, and you're like, "Well, where is it?" <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, I just uh, want to thank everybody for the warm hospitality and. Uh, everything. Oh, that's what we do, Doug. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You got to it's use some of well. our fun tools. It's great having you here. The Baja No Pinch tool. I got to be the tool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so good day in the garage. I hope everyone else is having fun, living vicariously through us if you're not able to ride because of the winter weather. And if you come to to Santa Cruz, come join us yep. as you guys have experienced. We're always having a, a good time at the garage. Absolutely. Yeah. I am so glad that I stopped by and hung out with you guys. It was so fun. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks for dropping by. <laughs> so I think we're ready to get out of here. Do you guys know what's about to happen? Do you know how this works out? Have you ever listened to the end of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Eric's got a blank look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make, make you're not bluffing us. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in. When Liza points at you, say, Oh, yes, uh, call out, huh? Yeah, okay. Thank you, everyone. This is Liza. Stumpy John. Emma Darling. Brad. And this is Eric. Mm -hmm. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool. Cool. Cool.